Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Fit for Life. I'm Pastor Lydia, and I am continuing my counting of the Omer today, and (laughs) I know I'm trying to get it all in last week, and it's like, oh, I only got two pages, (laughs) but we went over the different things for us to meditate on, and this today is the 24th day, the three weeks and three days of counting the Omer, and uh, as we know, each week is a certain aspect of our emotions that we're supposed to get under control and conquer. And actually, if you think about some of the emotions that we all go through, which we had an experience this week, <laughs> uh, and uh, you just have to conquer that thing and just, you know, make it stop <laughs> and get under control because uh, oh, things are so weird. Uh, things happen. We are actually, we had water coming out from underneath our toilet. And it's like, and we didn't know it at first, so we're going, coming up, Scott's getting up and going down the hallway, and here's all this. He's like, there's water! You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> Get the towels! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like, what happened? And then I thought about it, and my grandson had put his pacifier down the toilet. And I'm like, but that's small. That shouldn't do that. But then uh, the guy came and, and routed or whatever they do through our... Um, whatever that spout is outside. (laughs) And uh, he said it was probably that and the tree roots. And it's like, man, we've been studying all day, and then this happens, and then our emotions kind of went, what? (laughs) And it's like, okay, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Let's let's, Okay, let's just get it together here, because it's just something we had no control over. Take a deep breath, yeah, and let's move on because this is a test. <laughs> and so things like that happen, and how quickly we forget sometimes that it just happens. Your emotions are so quick to engage, and then we have to grab a hold of that and go, okay, hold on. Breathe. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to get fixed. <laughs> or whatever it is. But let's start by um, saying the prayer. Barukata Adonai Eloheinu Malaka Alam Asher Kitsanu Bavisvuta Vitsivenu Lehatlik Ner Sephirat Ha Omer. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the counting of the Omer. And after going through that and everything, it's like, okay, thank you, God, for reminding us every day that we have to get these uh, emotions under control. (laughs) And even though it's okay to have them, but when it comes up, 
We need to be able to go, okay, it's okay that I have this emotion, but let me grab hold of it. Just like our thoughts, when the Bible tells us to grab every thought into subjection to the word of God, well, we need to do the same thing with our emotions. Are we going to go out in left field <laughs> or are we going to rein it back in so that it's not taking us someplace we don't want to go? Amen. I know uh, it was during the 49th day period that the Jewish people underwent a radical change and transformation. And we all know that's what happened to us when we got saved. And isn't it funny when you think about it that we have a daily transformation. Every day we have a chance to transform how we thought we should be and where we thought we are on the levels, you know, being with God. There's always something we need to transform. And, you know, the more I studied this and the more I read about it, and I've even got some deeper places, and Scott's like, we don't teach that, probably don't, shouldn't go there, but it's so interesting, and it's like, okay, we're not at, pastor's not going there, so let us not go there. (laughs) But it's just so interesting, the different levels uh, that everything everything in the word goes to. And when we think we're at a high level, we haven't even scratched the surface alone to find how many levels, oh God, do we have to get to to where we are fully in your holiness, where we are fully where you want us to be. And, and studying and reading, and it's like, God, I'm going to set my goal really high But even my highest goal is not at that level. And it's like, is it just unending? But that's why we have to transform every day. And then we'll get to that level, guess what? When Jesus comes back (laughs) and we're in heaven, that's when we'll get to that level. But until then, it's just an ongoing education. It's an ongoing transformation of not only our thinking, but who we are, because we think we know who we are. You know, we're the children of the Most High God. You know, we're conquerors. We're, you know, warriors. We're, you know, all of this, but we're not even close to who God really has put us to be on this earth. And it's like, Lord, take me to the level that just blows my mind, you know, and, and, and he has, <laughs> and he is, and he will continue to do it for each one of us. But no matter what level we are, he loves us. He knows who we are. He knows our potential. He knows where he's taking us. And so no matter how, what we try to do, he's got more. He's got more for us. And I just like, okay, God, I'm setting my goal here, and I'm going to be methodical about it and try to reach that goal but I know even when I get to that goal, I still don't know everything. I, I, I don't get to stop. <laughs> and sometimes people say, well, I've been, you know, in the way with the Lord for a long time. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> They've been in the way because they thought they reached the pinnacle of what God has for them. But we never do until we're in heaven, until Jesus comes back and changes this whole world to the place where he's going to live. And when we will live and rule and reign, and when we have that in front of us, it's like, okay, keep studying, keep studying. You know, like the little red caboose, you know, I can do it, I can do it. <laughs> we just have to keep going, even though we think that, okay, 
I've made so many changes. I've made so many bounds that I wanted to do, and I made it, but we still have more to do. And, and it's not a bad thing. Sometimes you can say, oh, my gosh, we have more to do. But, <laughs> but it's not a bad thing because we go from glory to glory, level to level, more understanding, more wisdom, till we get to the point, and we will get to the point where it's like, you know, devil, I see you. Devil, I know what you're doing. And we can counterattack. And when we get to that point, that is awesome. But there's still more God has for us. And it's just like, okay, God. So we have to challenge ourselves, even when it's like, Lord, I'm tired. Lift me up. And he's carrying us no matter what. Thank God. (laughs) Because these earthly bodies do get tired. Our brains can only handle so much sometimes at at a certain point. And then he'll come and, and revive our thinking. Or he'll give us more energy. Or put a little nugget in our minds or in our brains where you go, okay, I got it. I can move on now. (laughs) Especially when we get to a challenge and it's like, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I need you to help me at this point, whether it's healing, finances, whatever, our emotions, something in our lives that have happened that kind of, you know, discombobulated everything we thought of, (laughs) but he's there to drop that little golden nugget in our spirits to say, you can make it. I am with you and just keep on chugging. (laughs) And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because we need it all the time. We need it every day because you never know what the devil's going to throw at you. Even though we try to figure it out because he never changes And he does the same thing from generation to generation to generation, from family to family. But, you know, it just kind of blindsides us sometimes when he does things and go, why did that even happen? What happened? But, you know, that's the enemy. And we need to say, okay, so this is what happened. So let me revert, go back in my memory, Holy Spirit, bring it back to what I should be doing for this situation and how I should be reacting, what emotion shall I be having, and how can I line it up with what God says. Amen. Ancient Jewish wisdom again says there is none as free as he who is totally involved with the Torah, studying God's word, because you can't study enough. (laughs) Even though you study, and I mean, I have different books, different translations, and things like that, but you can't study enough. I know going online, <coughs> excuse me, and going to age.com, habad.com, and just putting in there, does the Bible say about all this? <coughs> excuse me. And then <laughs> I had some. I think he does this to me all the time when I'm talking and getting all excited. <laughs> that uh, there's always different translations. There's always a different uh, aspect or ideal about something that we're um, studying. And, uh, and you have to process all those different things and say, okay, what in all this information can I glean from? Can I understand? Can I take for my life, and that's so exciting to know that God gives us the guidelines and the tools for living a successful life and keeping our 
brain sane while the world is going crazy. <laughs> because I tell you, you can get caught up in everything that's going on now. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians are saying, Jesus, come quickly. But you know what? He's telling us, you have a job to do before I come. All this stuff has to happen. So reprocess your thinking, (laughs) knowing that this stuff has to happen. So all we need to do is be praying and standing in the gap and letting people know that God is with us. He's he's knows what is going on. He hasn't left us. But like Jesus said on the cross, this is why you have fortified me or strengthened me to do what I need to do right now in this time. And I had to go back and even remember that (laughs) when all the stuff starts happening. And it's like, okay, God, Jesus, he, he you know, it was like, okay. He sounded like he wasn't sure why God fortified him or strengthened him, but he knew what was gonna happen. And then at the end, he said, this is why you strengthened me and fortified me. And so we need to, you know, have that in our thinking. Oh, God, okay, I know I'm going through this, but this is why you strengthened me to keep going, to keep studying, so that because I have another level, I have another aspect or another ring on the ladder to climb, and you are giving me the courage, the strength to make that climb, amen? To live in freedom, it must include living free from sin. We all know that. And, uh, and we try very hard not to. Sometimes being human, it just pops out, <laughs> it, you know, in our speech and our, you know, thinking. But luckily in our thinking, we don't have to speak it out. We can just grab a hold of that and go, no, no, no. <laughs> but... Uh, Sometimes it, we, we, it's just, we're just oblivious to it. And if we're with friends or somebody, like I mentioned before, um, being in situations where, you know, you can be injured or, you know, something can happen to you, and we just didn't even think about it until later. Why was I there? What was I doing? What was I thinking? <laughs> you know, so we have to really examine who we hang around with or just the situations we put ourselves in just because we don't know. You know, I, I think of um, my son was telling me he was going downtown uh, in L.A. and he saw these guys handing needles out to um, the homeless or the people that are on drugs. And he was like, what the heck? And then he thought about, why am I here downtown <laughs> with, you know, all these people that could be high, not knowing what they're doing. I could be in a place where anything could happen. And, and he, said, he said, but it dawned on me, these people think they're helping these people, but really they're not. And then it popped up in my head, well, maybe they're doing what they want to do, and if they overdose, then they're gone. So then they clean the streets. And I thought, wow, who would even think of doing that? And why would I? It didn't even pop up in my head that. But you know what? Some of the things that we see our leaders doing, I mean, you, really, you could think about that. Like when they shut down all the things with COVID that didn't need to be shut down, and then they put COVID people in the nursing homes. Why? So everybody could be infected and die. 
yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And when I thought about, about that and said that to my son, and then that popped back in my head, I'm like, man, is that what they're trying to do to level the amount of people that are here in America so they can do what they want to do and have the people that just follow them no matter what and don't question or, or think for themselves? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> is that what's going on, you know? So we have to think about that. And remember uh, John 3.33, whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. <laughs> and every man is a liar. <laughs> uh, he's, and, uh, and that we can declare and see in our lives the things that he's done that, you know what, God, you are true. You are here with me. You have seen me through things that I never thought that I could go through. Um, and that I know without a shadow of a doubt, I have a testimony. And that you cannot lie. What he tells us in his word, he's going to do it. It might not be necessarily the way that we think he should do it. <laughs> but he's always faithful to do what he says he's going to do. And uh, during our journey, we have to submit our thoughts and our language and just our lives as a sacrifice, submit it to God. And in all of that, we will learn how to resist the enemy and identify him because he is so tricky sometimes. He just slides right in there. And before we know it, our emotions are going one way and, and we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> devil I see you let me pull that back in <laughs> because he uh he's always there trying to trip us up thank God we have Jesus you know in heaven on the right hand saying yeah they you know they slipped up but this is what they've done before this is what they believe this is how your word works in their lives. I know they're leaky vessels, but we can keep filling them in. Just, you know, the Holy Spirit, we can send angels to minister to them. And, and you know, and thank God that we have those promises that he can do that. And it's just like, okay, Lord, thank you so much for all that you do because he's doing millions of miracles in people's lives every single day. Every hour of the day, and sometimes we miss the miracles that he's doing in our lives. But you know what? When we sit down and think about it, like, how was my day today? And then you'll realize, oh, wow, God was there at that moment. <laughs> Somebody might have been confronting you on something, but God is there at that moment. And we have to make sure that we don't let our emotions uh, take off in a different direction that don't line up with his word, or we don't have to accept what people are saying to us and about us because that doesn't line up with God's word. And sometimes we forget that. I, I think about that with all the Black Lives Matter and how people are being fed hate and discontentment and all that stuff. And then, you know what? If that doesn't line up with God's word, I'm not going to accept it. And I don't get why some Christians... And pastors don't get that, and they're telling their people they're stirring the pot. <laughs> and it's like, if that, if, is that in God's word? Somebody needs to say, is that in God's word? If it's not in God's word, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to accept it as reality in my life or in the lives of people around me. And um, it's amazing how the enemy can slip in there and change 
people's thinking and get people to maneuver his God's word to where it fits them in their situation. And that's not what he meant for us to do. <laughs> he meant for us to take his word, apply it to our lives, and we change. <laughs> not us trying to change his word to fit our situation. Um, <clears throat> Ancient wisdom says the appointed time between Passover and Pentecost, or Shavuot, is when we shed our shortcomings and reveal our true spiritual hidden identity. Thank God he has an identity for me that I, I haven't even reached yet. And I, the more I study, I'm like, God, I'm like slowly grabbing up that ladder, <laughs> those rings to pull myself up. But, you know, they, he gives us a little push every now and then. say, you're doing good. You're, you're moving forward. We just have to keep going and keep going and moving forward and don't let ourselves slip back no matter, no matter what the circumstances are. We have to evaluate the circumstance and go, God, where are you in here? And remember what he said, we don't have any armor in the back, <laughs> which means we don't give in to those things. We need to just keep moving forward no matter what the situation looks like. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> reminding me of that and your word is true and I'm going to move forward. <laughs> Amen. Uh, during the Omer, Omer counting or journey, uh, it's a time for us to lose the dependent mentality, the slave mentality, uh, the mentality that somebody has power over me because we get to choose what we do. We get to choose who we are going to be, and we're not going to depend on somebody else's thoughts about us. Developing a new positive, godly, promise-based attitude. And when we can change our attitude about things, we can change our lives. We can even change the attitude of people that are closely around us that we think, you know, is hard as nails. <laughs> we can break through the wall because we have a promise-based attitude. Well, this is what God has done for me. And sometimes when we give those examples to people, they can they start thinking, well, Maybe they have something there. If God can do that for them, maybe he can do it for me. And then that little nugget that we have put in their thoughts will help them start changing and questioning the things in their lives and what they're doing. And I get so excited just even thinking about that. Passover and Resurrection Day are celebrations meant to ignite us in a time of power, with a time of power transformation. And like I said, we're forever transforming. I don't think there is a minute, a day that we don't change something about who we are in our lives and what we're doing. Uh, the eight-day stretch points us to a new beginning in different areas of our life. Um, God has a biblical timeline, and Pastor puts that up sometimes, our timeline where we can see where, we're go where we've been, how he's worked through things, where he's taking us, where we are now, and where we're going. And we need to look at that sometimes and go, okay, I'm here. I have this amount to go, and this is where God is leading me. Uh, and his, his calendar, it says it's, a hidden, it's hidden in God's calendar all his little little nuggets of what we're doing. 
But when we look at that calendar, sometimes we can just think about it and go, God, show me where I really am on your calendar in this timeline and point me in the direction or give me what I need to move forward to the next little nugget that you're going to drop in my spirit or in my life to keep me going to bring all that positive attitude, that faith that you have always put inside of me and that you're growing inside of me every single day. Give me that nugget, that hidden thing that I need looking at your calendar and knowing what's happening and what's going to happen. Um, What God is showing us that it's not enough for us to be free, to be set free. We are constantly always learning how to live free and it's an ongoing daily thing. How do I live free? You know, studying his word, yes, but also uh, living his word. We can study it, we can read it, uh, and there's so many aspects of it. That's why if you hear a rabbi teaching, they always give you like 15 different things out of, out of one little verse. Or, <laughs> and they go, uh, can you break that down a little bit more? Can you just give me one little nugget out of there? And they, <laughs> and they never can because there's so many different aspects and so many things you can get from the word or from that scripture that is like, God, help me. <laughs> Give me one that I can hold on to, <laughs> that I can get and that I can totally understand and apply it to my life. But then you hear all the other things that he said, and you go, where did he get that from? I don't see that in there. And, you know, and their job, like pastor, is, is to study the word. So that's why you get so many different things. And that's why when we study, um, you always get something different. And I go, Lord, that's not what I got the last time. <laughs> how, does, how does that work now with my situation? How does that work now and where I need to go, what you're going to do? Uh, and it's like, he, he's always faithful to drop that nugget of knowledge, that nugget of wisdom. And they go, okay, I didn't get that before, but I see it now. And even the examples that he gives us all the time in the Bible, how he used people, how he used the disciples, how he used people like Gideon. Lord, please don't send me out there. I'm, <laughs> I, I can't go out there and do it. He's like, you are a man of courage. Get out there. You know, <laughs> you know he gives us that little push, you know, and then you go, okay, okay. I think I can do it. I, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. But you got to be with me. <laughs> and how many times do we feel that? In our lives, like, God, you got to be with me on this. <laughs> you got, I'm going to go, but you got to be with me. Um, so also during this uh, 24th week, uh, we are to meditate and think about restraint. We had mentioned before, I had mentioned before about kindness and compassion. And the first one was love and how much love God has for us. And then when we get that love, that we can just give that love out to other people. Be kind, be loving, and then having compassion on people. And sometimes we look at them and go, what are you doing on that corner? Go get a job. You know, <laughs> you know and I say it, but you know, and sometimes they do need to go get a job because the young people that you see out there, it's like, what are you doing out here? There's so many jobs available. Go get a job. But if they're... Yeah, but if they're older or, you know, veterans have different issues, you know, that 
I believe we should be taken care of and should have taken care of. But, you know, they probably do need a little help. You know, and sometimes, you know, I think about it. Okay, now is that an angel there testing me to see if I need to give or if I need, (laughs) you know, to show more compassion? (laughs) And, you know, and I think about that. But sometimes I remember giving to this guy in Portland. He always was on the corner, you know, as we were on our way to work. And I gave him some money one time. And then I had my girlfriend with me one time. And she knew who he was. I'm like, how do you know who he is? She said, he used to hang around with her husband. And I'm like, what? Well, why is he on the corner? She said, that's his job. That's his job. He, yeah, and he said, she said, he makes more money than I do working, being right there on that corner. And then she said, he drives a Mercedes. Yeah, so he does his job there, and then he goes back and, you know, lives the life of Riley. (laughs) And he goes, Lord, show me who's not supposed to be here on this corner, who to give to and who not to give to. And uh, it's like, man, thinking about that. So then I started, well, I'm not giving money to anybody, but you know what? That's not for us. Sometimes that God show me who I need to, you know, show compassion to, who I need to help, who I don't need to help, and it's okay to say no. And sometimes we feel guilty (laughs) because we see them out there and we think, oh, they need help, but sometimes it's just their job. (laughs) And sometimes when I see ladies out there and then they have their kids, why you got your kids out here? You know, it's for people to feel, you know, sorry for you. (laughs) And it's like, oh, my gosh. And I did see that one time. And um, I did help her, even though. I, but then when I was coming from work, I saw them again. They were getting in a motorhome. I said, I don't even have a motorhome. <laughs> they had a motorhome with a car hitched up to the back. I, said, I don't have a motorhome. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you, God, for showing me that. Now I know, you know, the next time I don't need to help. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. But, you know, Compassion is a big thing. It's a good thing. We just need to ask God, is this the person I need to help? Or is this just their job and they're just being lazy and thinking they can get people? Because Americans are the biggest givers out of anybody in this whole world, and uh, which is why they always come to us for everything, right? <laughs> but also during this time, we're to think about restraint, self-control, you know, and that's what actually is the same: restraint, self-control, uh, and it's one of we. It's one of the fruits of the spirit. I say, okay, God, you give me uh, self-control. <laughs> I don't always use it, but <laughs> I know it's there. Uh, one definition is the ability to control our thoughts, emotions, and actions, and sometimes it's not even. Controlling your thoughts, but controlling your emotions. But the big thing is our actions. Because we can reel in our thoughts. We can reel in our emotions. But we can't always reel back our actions. (laughs) Especially when you take that step out there. Oops, okay, I I overdid it. But but we think about that. Say, Okay, that's restraint. That's self-control. I really need to think about it before I act. Before I step out there to the, the, the space of no return, because even when we speak, 
um, the Bible tells us, be slow to speak because you can't take it back. And what we speak out, uh, it brings back something. It brings back whatever we put out there in the universe, whatever we put out there, uh, it, it creates something. It could, just like God created the earth, we create when we speak. Amen. Titus 2.12 says, The grace of God has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. And when I read that, I said, Nobody goes and studies Titus very much. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw the scripture. But I said, okay, well, let's look at that. And then I thought, right, I have to do all of that. I have to train myself to live spiritually whole in this present world. No matter what's going on around us, I'm higher. No matter what's going on around us, God helps me more to deal with all the stuff that we see and hear. And I'm like, thank you, God, for sending me to this scripture because it's telling me he's trained us. He's still training us how to reject all of that ungodliness and still be able to walk in this present world whole spiritually and living the life he wants us to live, not being consumed or controlled or influenced by the world. Uh, If we have lost self-control or restraint, we we need to regain, regain it by depending on God, identify what we can control and what we can't, Address what we can control. (laughs) If we can at that moment, (laughs) we need to address it and give God what we can. And sometimes it's like, God, you can take all of it because I can't control any of this right now. (laughs) And, And it's like, God, okay. And then you come back after you say that, okay, God, I know you knew what I meant. Uh, I can control this part, but the rest of it is yours. (laughs) A few synonyms of restraint are self-mastery, our will, self-discipline, willpower, modified behavior, caution, and moderation. And when I saw that one, I said, caution. How many people, when they get into the thick of things, a thick of things has caution? (laughs) Not many. (laughs) But when we see something happening or going to happen, and we have a chance to run it through our mind real quick, then we can use caution. (laughs) The second definition that I found is a measure or condition that keeps someone under control within limits and calm, controlled, unemotional, or zoned-in behavior. We can zone in our behavior to line it up with God's word. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories, and reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought, we lead every thought and purpose away, captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. So we can take all those thoughts and we can lead them away. (laughs) And we can hone in on what God says. 
God first, and I said this before, God first takes us out of Egypt or redeems us. And then we go on a powerful spiritual journey, during, especially during counting the Omer, uh, as working out our salvation, working out our redemption uh, during our lifetime and uh, with the Lord learning his word so we can begin to, so he can begin and we can begin to take Egypt out of us. That's what the journey of counting the Omer is for us. And every year we get a chance to do that. As we end the journey of counting the Omer today, I'm gonna end, we're going to end with a prayer that's recited daily. Master of the universe, you have commanded us through Moses, your servant, to count Sephirat Ha-Omer in order to purify us from our evil and uncleanness. As you have written in your Torah, you shall count for yourselves from the day following the day of rest, Sabbath, from the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering, the counting shall be for seven full weeks." Until the day following the seventh week, you shall count 50 days so that the souls of your people, Israel, may be cleansed from their defilement. Therefore, may it be your will, Lord our God and God of our fathers, that in the merit of the Sephirot Ha-Omer, which I counted today, the blemish that I have caused in the Sephirot, Tepheris, Sabah, Sabi, Givurah, be be sightful and may be I be purified and sanctified with supernal holiness. May abundant bounty thereby be bestowed upon all the worlds, spiritual and physical. May it rectify our nefesh, ruach, nesamak for every baseness and defect. And may it purify and sanctify us with your spiritual holiness. Amen and Selah. I looked up the Sephirah, Tepheres, Sheba, Givurah, and it has to do with beauty, kindness, compassion, and harmonizing the outpouring of love with discipline and self-control. Because I was like, what is that? (laughs) So I had to look it up. Uh, And sometimes uh, that gets to be pretty heavy stuff, which is why we need to not only study God's word, but to get to the point where we can understand it within our limits that he gives us, our limited abilities, that's, uh, that's where we show our total dependency on God. And don't we, aren't we dependent on him? And no matter what we're going through, no matter our dependency, uh, through all of this, all of our shortcomings, all of everything that we do, he loves us. <laughs> he loves us. He's there for us. And, uh, you know, and we're perfect in his sight. And we need to take that for ourselves, no matter what we're going through, no matter our shortcomings, no matter we forget to do, what we forget to do, we're perfect in his sight. So we don't need to feel bad about ourselves. We need to, God, I have failed you. No, we didn't fail him because he knows that we're going to lift ourselves up. We're going to get back in the game and we're going to keep moving forward. Amen. Amen. Thank you, you guys. Have a blessed day.